Breaking news. I need to do some laundry. This is Revelations Radio News with Andrew Hoffman and Tim Kilkenny on the Revelations Radio Network. Podcasting to you from the seaside town of Edmonds, Washington, where I was going for a gold medal but have to settle for a bronze medal in the Podcast Olympics. I'm one of your hosts, and my name is Tim Kilkenny. And failing to qualify, I'm Andrew Hoffman. Come on, man. You're better than that. (laughs) You're better than that. Come on. uh, I do have one Olympics prediction. All right, I'm ready. Uh, it can't be Michael Phelps wins his 20th gold medal because it just happened. No, uh, Matt Kuchar, bronze medal. Matt Kuchar, bronze medal. There's like probably no one that'll get that joke at all. Okay. But uh, I'll, I'll explain it. I'm ready. So Matt Kuchar always finishes in the top 10, mm-hmm. never wins. Okay. So he doesn't want to win because he doesn't want to put himself in position to, you know, have his heart broken or whatever. So he just collects his check, finishes 10th every time. And um, so that's, you know, he. I guess I should predict that he'll finish fourth, but. Is he a golfer? Yes. Okay. Okay. Yeah, it's kind of weird. Golf is back for the first time since the 1800s, and so is uh, rugby. But, uh, yeah, but a bunch of the major golf players across the world did, didn't even decide to join, so. Oh, too, too afraid of the Zika. <laughs> too, too afraid of the Zika. What a, or the travel schedule. What a scam that is. Zika. Yes, Zika. Yeah, we we pretty much did Zika even happen before we No, I don't think Zika happened before we went on break. This is it's it's sweeping Miami now. I think three people have it in Miami. Three people mildly ill with the virus. Mildly ill. They never would have gotten checked and found out it was Zika. <laughs> That's true. They're shutting down parts of Miami. Uh oh. Who cares? So a vaccine on the way. Vaccines on the way. Only a year away, hopefully. With so any, the, with any luck. Um, I did. I did a lousy job of of collecting stories. However, I did submit myself to uh, some Fox News and some CNN at okay. the gym today. Okay. And uh, two stories. I'm ready. Um, Donald Trump. Oh, we sh- it's it's probably an easy clip to get if you want to look for it, but uh, just just search like Donald Trump Second Amendment. Okay. So he's given a speech, and well, I, I now I don't want to uh, you know ruin the punchline. The other one, there's no clip for because um, it's all visual. Hillary Clinton. Given her big speech near Orlando, mm-hmm. and um, in the background, hey, that guy looks kind of familiar. Like standing right behind her, you know, one of those points. They've got the multicultural thing going, so he's the uh, kind of ambiguously Muslim guy standing back there. Yes, and it's Omar Mateen's father. Of course, so. Omar Martin, who of course is the uh, shooter who shot up the uh, nightclub. So, well, supposedly that's a whole other story, but um, in the mainstream media narrative, yes, he killed forty-nine people, um, and his dad is a big Hillary Clinton fan, even though his dad also. Um, 
has said that he supports the Taliban and that uh, homosexuals should be uh, not, he didn't say slaughtered, but punished by God. Well, there you go. So That makes perfect sense. Perfect sense. C-SPAN networks bring you long-form public affairs programming from the nation's capital and are a public service of your town. Taxes, it's a comparison. I want to lower them. Hillary wants to expand regulations, which she does bigly. Can you believe that? I will reduce them very, very substantially. Could be as much as 70-75%. Lower electric, lower electric bills, folks. Hillary wants to abolish, essentially abolish, the Second Amendment. By the way, and if she gets to pick... If she gets to pick her judges... Nothing you can do, folks. Although the Second Amendment people, maybe there is, I don't know. But, but I'll tell you what, that will be a horrible day if, if All right, so Hillary there, gets there. to put her judges. Right now we're tied. You see, that was it. That was it. That was it. He says, maybe they could do something about it. Because <laughs> yeah. they'll have guns. Because they'll have guns, which... Uh, you could take a number of ways. He said sure. it with a smile. Sure. Um, Let me guess which I way the media took it. So, yes, he's threatening to kill Hillary Clinton. He's encouraging people to assassinate her, and he should be in jail. That's the, the general general theme. Um, however, I think what he actually meant was he was trying to, to backpedal on the nothing-you-can-do folks. Right. Um, and saying, you know, the Second Amendment might have, they might have something to say about it. And I think more in reference to, okay, yes, the courts can say uh, gun regulation and confiscation is fine. It doesn't, it doesn't, uh, you know, get ruled out by the Constitution, but you still have to go enforce that with the hundreds of millions of people with guns which is not going to happen so I think it was more of a reference to that um, other than you know knocking off Hillary because that that doesn't even make any sense then you would just have a Tim Kaine vice president who would be put in the same exact justices in exactly so I think we've talked about this before but the second amendment does it give you the right to bear arms? Uh, it says the right to bear arms shall not be infringed. Ah, so it's actually about the government. It says yes. the right to bear The government shall make no law infringing on the rights of citizens to bear arms. So it's actually a law about the government, not a law giving the citizens a right to own a gun. Yes, as all the Bill of Rights are. Well, there you go. Uh, it's almost like... I mean, I know we beat this to death, but uh, even CNN uh, this week this week actually admitted what they were doing as far as their their bias for Hillary. And I think you know where I'm going with this one. I got a clip for us. Doing what they call in politics, freezing pockets, because the donors are giving her money thinking she's going to run. That means they're not going to have available money for other exactly. candidates if she doesn't. And I don't think she's going to give it to them. She's on her way. To deciding. We'll see. About deciding. We couldn't help her any more than we have. I know. You know I mean, she's she's I know. got just a free ride so far from the media. We're the biggest ones promoting her campaign. We couldn't help her any more than we have. I know. You know I mean, she's she's I know. got just a free ride so far from the media. We're the biggest ones promoting her campaign. We couldn't help her any more than we have. I know. You know I mean, she's she's I know. got just a free ride so far from the media. We're. <laughs> but is that clip from when before she started running? No, no, this was just recently. This was August 4th. Uh, but it doesn't make sense that it's recent. Why? Because the whole freezing pockets thing is in the deciding if she's going to run or not run. Ah, uh, you know what? You're exactly right. But. You You nailed that. This news segment occurred prior to Hillary announcing her candidacy in April 2015. Right. Donald Trump did, Trump did not announce that he was running for president until 2015. Mr. Trump was not anywhere on the political radar before 
he made his announcement. Additionally, most political pundit and news organizations, including CNN, did not take his candidacy seriously, believing that his campaign would not last through the fall of 2015. Man, we've been dealing with this stupid campaign for that long. It's just unbelievable. Well, there you go. Thank you for correcting me. So I, here's that's a good question. Then, so why is this video now at the forefront? I guess it points out just how well, just, they are. Yeah, it just saying they're, you know, carrying Hillary Clinton's water, which they don't call it the Clinton News Network for nothing. That's the truth right there, isn't it? Um, oh, man, I've got two very different stories. So I only have one clip. Might as, uh, but it kind of leads into a, a longer... Well, let me, let me start with something real quick. Let me just start, because I, I, I have a few... So I'll just I'll read a story real quick, uh, or maybe you could read uh, the Politico story about Glenn Beck. Uh, Glenn Beck must identify sources on Boston Marathon bombing. A looming First Amendment showdown drew closer Tuesday as a federal judge ordered conservative media host Glenn Beck to identify at least two confidential sources in connection with the defamation lawsuit stemming from Beck's reporting on the Boston Marathon bombing. The suit was filed by Saudi Arabian student Abdulrahman al-Rabi, who was injured at the scene of the deadly bombings. Beck continued to link the Saudi national to the attacks, even after U.S. officials said publicly he'd been cleared. U.S. District Court Judge Patty Saris ruled that Beck must disclose the names of two Department of Homeland Security employees who allegedly gave a Beck producer information backing up the radio and TV host claim that al-Rabi was the money man behind the attack. The judge said deposition testimony from Beck and two of his top deputies at the time, Joel Cheatwood and Joe Weasel, that's a perfect <laughs> name for a Glenn Beck producer, was, uh, was vague and often contradictory about what the sources had said and when they had said it. She also noted that the key sources spoke directly only with Weasel, who claimed to record the information on post-it notes, which he then discarded. Sarah said she ordered the production of records from several government agencies, but they were not of help in confirming what the Beck aides were allegedly told. None of the documents uh, support the idea that El Robbie was the money man financing the Boston Marathon attacks, the Boston-based judge wrote in her 61-page ruling. The judge acknowledged that forcing disclosure of the source's identities raised First Amendment concerns, but she suggested those could be limited by restricting distribution of the information. It's unclear whether Beck planned to to comply with the disclosure order, which is directed by to the defendants in the case, uh, Beck, his company is The Blaze Inc., and Mercury Radio Arts, as well as radio distributor, distributor Premier Radio Networks. If they defied the order, the judge could impose sanctions, which could hurt their defense in the suit. She could also assess fines or potentially even jail Beck for contempt. Uh, further complicating the situation, Cheatwood left Beck's media empire early last year to start a competing outlet, Red Seat Ventures. Last month, Beck's company Mercury filed suit against the founder of that firm for breach of contract. A spokesman for Beck did not immediately respond to requests for comment Tuesday afternoon. Uh, in another blow... That's good. Okay, yeah. Do you remember that? Yes. That was Beck's, this is the biggest story of my career. What's yes. coming up next, folks, is something you just won't find believable. It's just unreal. The president is 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 helping this Saudi Arabian student get out of the country directly after the Boston Marathon bombings when he was the man behind the attacks. Mm-hmm. And this is shortly after Reddit identified him as uh, at least a conspicuous figure in the uh, in the day of the Boston bombing and the whole the whole way Reddit went down. Of course, I've talked about it a million times. It's always fascinated me. And uh, Reddit tracked the fact down that uh, there was a ton of craft employees, and I don't mean the macaroni and cheese employees. I mean craft <laughs> the uh, defense. What, what would they be? An independent contractor? Uh, mercenaries. Mercenaries. Mer- <laughs> the mercenary uh, contractors. Private security. Private firm. security firm was all over the area. They identified that. That never hits the news. Uh, but instead, in, or if it, maybe it did hit the news. I think it hit Fox News. They said, oh, this is just a craft employee, blah, 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 blah. They were hired to do security. Uh, meanwhile, everybody points at this poor kid who uh, actually had nothing to do with anything. And was of note, and then uh, Glenn Beck just like ran with it. Like this was an Arab. 
that was at the scene. And even though it didn't fit any narrative that the the, uh, national media came up with, he ran with it because he's the only true media source out there helping American Christians see the farce that is the... (laughs) I don't even know. The farce that is the... Oh, oh, the Obama administration and the fact that Obama is a secret Muslim who's funding Muslims from Saudi Arabia. Yep. And now he's going to get sued over it, which I think is awesome. Because I mean, is, do you think he'll get sued? Do you think he'll face? He, I don't think he'll face jail. No, he is. He is getting sued. So I mean, that's a civil suit. I mean, they're saying, oh, he could get jail time. Nobody for gets jail time for a civil suit. No, well, yeah, but it wouldn't be the outcome of the civil suit that would put him in jail. It would be contempt of court kind of, if he lies yeah. in court. Yes. Well, there you go. Did well, you- not lying in court, refusing to acquiesce to the judge's order which um i don't know i think the judge is probably right like i i would like to see um the new york times and the washington post called out and say like okay who's your anonymous government source your high level government source but instead it ends up being glenn beck (laughs) it's glenn beck so i wonder how he spins this I, i i wish i could tune in and Listen to how he's going to spin this this week on his radio program or on his news show. But I can't stand it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Maybe you'll have Ted Cruz on as a guest. Bring in Ted Cruz. Maybe, uh, maybe who's the historian? What's his name? Oh, David. Uh, Barton. Yeah. David Barton. He'll bring yeah. in David Barton talk about how. America was once a great Christian nation, and now Obama and the secret Muslims are ruining it. Yeah. Anyway, I just thought that was of note. Thank you for indulging me in my hatred of Glenn Beck. All right. Um, You want to play the uh, two-minute Julian Assange clip? Two minutes of Julian Assange. Donald Trump has had a disastrous few weeks. If you look at the polls, he needs a miracle. Um, In the American political lexicon, there's such a thing as the October surprise. The stuff that you're sitting on, is is an October surprise in there? Do you even know what you're sitting on? WikiLeaks never sits on material. Uh, Our whistleblowers go to significant efforts to get us material, and often very significant risks. As a 27-year-old, uh, works for the DNC, who was shot in the back, murdered uh, just two weeks ago uh, for un- unknown reasons as he was walking down the street in Washington. So that was, that was just a robbery, I believe, wasn't it? No, it's, there's no finding. So uh, what are you suggesting? Sort of, what are you suggesting? I'm suggesting that our sources uh, take risks and they are they become concerned uh, to see things occurring. Uh, like that. But was he one uh, of your sources then? I mean... We don't comment on who our sources but are. Why but why make the suggestion about a young guy being shot in the streets of Washington? Because uh, we have to understand uh, how high the stakes are uh, in the United States and that our sources are... You know, our sources face serious risks. Uh, that's why they come to us, so we can protect uh, their anonymity. Uh, but it's quite something and, to suggest a murder. That's basically what you're doing. Well, that others have have suggested that uh, we are investigating to understand uh, what happened uh, in that situation with Seth Rich. I think it is uh, a concerning situation. Uh, there's not a conclusion yet. We w- wouldn't be willing to um, state a conclusion, but we are concerned about it. And more importantly... Um, the, a variety of WikiLeaks sources are concerned when that kind of thing happens. Out of nowhere, there's Seth Rich and danger to their sources out there. Like that was a planned, when do I get this in there? Uh, It was not a response on something totally different, which is probably part of the reason the interviewer went off on him. Uh, and kind of panicked, like, uh, you're not supposed to be saying this. Um, 
So I, I went to Reddit. Are you proud of me, Tim? <laughs> Jeez. The hive mind of Reddit. Yeah. It's it's hard it's tough to parse information from there, but there's a lot of information there. Yeah. Uh, so the they have done research tying this guy to the Clintons you know, somewhat directly and then people he worked for uh were involved in a one of those bogus companies that the Clinton Foundation sent money to the Clinton Global Initiative um, sent money to, and um, he had also worked for a lady who is a, a big environmentalist and big Bernie supporter. Hmm. So you know whether he's the source of the leaks, which seems to be what Assange is saying. Right. Without saying it, is here's where we got the uh, WikiLeaks. Which wait, I thought it was the Russians. No, oh, gosh. And that's, that's <laughs> the thing is the mainstream media has also run with that one that the Russians and Putin are, is the one that hacked the DNC and released the emails, completely throwing the scent off the fact that the DNC was absolutely corrupt. Which, uh, and, and now but, it's, and now somehow it's it was Donald, it was Donald and Trump, Donald Trump in, in bed together. some sort of weird time warp where he encouraged <laughs> the Russians to hack after it had already happened. And yet, caused it well, and that was treasonous anytime you hear donald trump you think friend of putin <laughs> yeah right i mean so, that's that's what i think yeah so yeah i mean obviously donald trump is not in bed with putin the whole thing was thrown off i mean the dnc and the media working together as well as hillary clinton's staff they're doing a heck of a job trying well, to throw the scent off actual stories that are out there and all of a sudden now after all of these scandals hit, like, what's Donald Trump's... Ser- like, seriously, what's his scandal over the last few weeks? He said some dumb stuff. That's pretty much expected at this point. But, like, there's been, like, seriously incriminating stuff that's coming out about Hillary, yet the media says, mm, Donald having a bad few weeks. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I think... Uh, all right. So here's... Here's your presidential choices, America. Okay. Um, you got Donald Trump. We'll come back to him. Hillary Clinton, which at the beginning of this election cycle, I said all I could hope for was no Bush, no Clinton. Right. Right. That was what I was hoping for. Um, obvious reasons, including uh, she's a mass murderer. Yes. And I'd go ahead and sue me, Hillary. Mass murderer. Absolutely. I mean, you go through the Clinton body count, and if you could assign a um, statistical probability that those each of those had nothing to do with uh, the Clintons ordering them killed, you know, okay, maybe half of them didn't, but <laughs> that would still make her, you know, worse than Charles Manson. Um, and it just, the body count keeps, keeps accumulating. Yeah. It's growing. You know, I, I feel like I, I need to put out a public service message to, uh, you know, my Facebook acquaintances that are Hillary Clinton fans that if she offers you a job or you have the opportunity to like get to know the Clintons, just stay away. (laughs) Trust me. (laughs) <laughs> one day you might see just a little too much yeah so you got jill stein you know communist green party whatever um you've got which at this point it's like are the communist green party that bad like, <laughs> i know it's not the actual communist party that's separate but you know big government is the solution um you know, they should, and she offered to let Bernie come run with the Green Party. Uh, so I don't know. I mean, if you agree with that sort of thing, I guess you could vote for her. Uh, Gary Johnson is the worst possible libertarian candidate. Yes. You know, usually when we're doing the show, I don't actually post anything to Facebook, um, but I did in this case. Okay. And let me let me pull it up here. Um, 
So we we talked about last week. I'm I'm no fan of Gary Johnson. He's kind of like the kid in high school who thinks he's really cool just because he smokes pot. That's. <laughs> but he, I mean, he's sixty years old, so it's it's time to to grow up a little bit. Um, but even worse than that. They, uh, oh, what's this website? Um, I side with, so they have like position stances. Right. On different, different key. Here's Gary Johnson's stance on vaccination. Okay. Keep in mind, he's the libertarian party candidate. Okay. Should the federal government, uh, require children to be vaccinated for preventable diseases? Tim, as a libertarian, what's the answer to that question? No. Gary Johnson's answer, yes, they are essential to protecting other children who are too young to be vaccinated. Wow. So how can you claim to be a libertarian when you think the federal government should require children to be vaccinated? So you're saying uh, the federal government has more rights over a child than the parents. Right. And that, you know, the the science is settled. Whatever the CDC has recommended, that's just the way it is. No need to do any research and question um, anything about vaccinations. So, there you go. There's Gary Johnson for you. Yay! Um, uh, what's the other guy's name? Daryl... Um, Daryl something. He's the Constitution Party guy. Right. And I and then, uh, isn't it? Uh, there's another one too. Uh, one of my one of my votes was uh, Vermin Supreme. <laughs> one of my votes was for the last Constitution Party candidate. I think it was Chuck Baldwin. Okay. So in the last election, I voted twice so that my vote wouldn't count. You know. <laughs> I think I wrote in Ron Paul and uh, also. You know, filled in the circle for Chuck Baldwin. What about Michael Bennett? You didn't write Michael Bennett in there. I might have written him into Doctor yeah. Doctor Future. Doctor Future for president with the Canadian vice president. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, so he's n- not as bad, but he thinks Ted Cruz was like the best candidate ever. <laughs> and he said, "If I if I was a Republican, which I'm not, I would have." I would have uh, endorsed Ted Cruz for president, constitutional giant. And let's well, just remember. Let's just remind ourselves that Ted Cruz was the one who was like, "Let's all bow our heads and and pray that that God takes this nation and leads people to the polls so that they vote for me." Yeah. I mean, it's just ugh. he was. The, the, he's the what did, oh gosh, he said some stuff. I remember that had me going off on the podcast. It just infuriated me. We um were did we get to cover the uh, Ted Cruz's dad with um, Yes, you covered that on the show. Yeah. Okay, Ted good. Ted Cruz's dad because uh, he Cuban, dropped out almost immediately after that. Yeah, Cuban Missile Crisis or uh, Cuban uh, rebel supporter. Yeah, In New Orleans, yeah. same place that uh, the CIA was involved with the. Uh, the anti-Castro uh, Cubans uh, with uh, Lee Harvey Oswald. And a picture of him hanging out with Lee Harvey Oswald, passing out some some pro-communist uh, propaganda there. Yeah. So. Seems legit. Yeah. Can't tell you how many times I've been passing out pro-communist propaganda. <laughs> yeah, I know. With the guys that go on to murder the president, yeah, just it just one of those weird coincidences that could happen to anyone. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. So anyway, my I've come to the. I mean, you know, people do what you want to do. I don't think um, if if we could convince everyone listening to this podcast to vote a certain way, it wouldn't make any difference whatsoever. Hey, come uh, on, your vote counts. Get out there and vote, people. <laughs> vote or die. But, uh, yeah, vote or die. Who was who that? Puff Jay-Z Daddy. or something? Puff Daddy. Oh, yeah. Same thing. 
<laughs> vote Obama or die. Where are the vote or die people for Hillary? I don't know. But I do think, I mean, if you're going to vote, voting to stop Hillary Clinton is a morally justifiable position, I think. Well, there you go. You know. And I'm not, uh, well, I'm not, I'm not, I wouldn't say I'm, you know, scared of any of the candidates. Um, the president of the United States is not sovereign. God is sovereign. But, um, I mean, America probably deserves Hillary Clinton. And she's most definitely the, the most evil candidate, which, you know, according to my theory, she should win. Right. Um, but man, it's Hillary. She's like just propped up by demons, which sometimes are, it, it might not be all demonic. It's like some weird hybrid of, uh, demonic activity and technology. Like I think she's partially bionic. So that it's, it's some experiment gone wrong. Well, strangely enough, the, uh, Mainstream media actually had that trending this week. Is Hillary Clinton a robot? Right. And she a couple she of des- her gaps where she she described her lie as uh, I short circuited that one. Yeah, <laughs> and then she t- described uh, the candidate or who was it? Somebody she refer- was trying to refer-, refer to Donald Trump, but instead said almost said my husband. Right. A couple my, of, uh, my opponent. A couple other things. I mean, it was just very strange. Um, well, and if you go through so all the... That's actually trending in the mainstream media, which is a head over heels for Hillary. Yeah. If you go through, uh, you know, Drudge Report or what have you, like, it, it is kind of amazing that Hillary Clinton is still alive because she's got Parkinson's, a brain tumor, um, brain trauma, epileptic seizures. <laughs> according to Drudge. Well, yeah, according to different doctors and things. But there's, there's, I mean, there's something wrong with her. Well, she did, and she also said, I forgot the, the coup de grace was, we're going to raise taxes on the middle class. And everybody's like, woo, <laughs> yeah, taxes on the middle class. Uh, even Warren Buffett could clap for that one. I don't, I, I, I don't you know, I, I'm told that, that Donald Trump stays glued to the TV set, so I hope he heard Warren. <laughs> you know... There, there, there's always, there's always time for a conversion. <laughs> because while Warren is standing up for a fairer tax code, Trump wants to cut taxes for the super rich. Well, we're not going there, my friends. I'm telling you right now. We're going to write fairer rules for the middle class, and we are going to raise taxes on the middle class. And we are going to raise taxes on the middle class. You know, we never discussed all the weird stuff. I mean, they've discussed it on the No Agenda podcast, but the... You know, what do you think about their theory that she uh, was actually there in person in Iran and, and suffered some sort of a plane or helicopter crash that bumped her head, and that's why she wore those brain damage goggles back in, uh, what was it, December of last year or maybe the year before? Right. Um, you know, what do you think of that whole story? What's your, what's your thoughts on that? Because that's an interesting theory that she endured some sort of brain damage, but they had to keep it hush-hush because she couldn't be seen as going over and negotiating with Iraq or Iran, especially considering, you know, at this point we all know that pallets of cash were dropped on Iran as payment. Right. Yeah, it, it, uh, it could have happened or maybe Bill Clinton finally decided to fight back. <laughs> this is Andrew Hoffman, everybody. He's got, he's got one liners for days. Yeah. So yeah, I, it it certainly seemed plausible. It would tie a, a, quite a few of the um, pieces together. The one thing you can be sure of is whatever reason Hillary Clinton gives, she's lying. That's even if even if the truth would 
be way better for her if she just it's it's definitely a pathological. That, maybe that was two years ago because remember the theory was that she also there's another theory out there saying she uh, got a facelift or something right before right, the, plastic uh, surgery plastic surgery right before the campaign, which uh, yeah it, that wore off quickly there yeah yeah no I mean I mean like the so you got the balloon face like her crazy face when the balloons come down. Um, you've got her face like head bobbing at the reporter because there's too many people asking her questions at once. Um, and then I think the recent one, she just kind of like goes blank, uh, in, in mid sentence in a, you know, another speech. So it's just, well, she can't ad lib. She's been interrupted a few times recently, and when she goes off script and can't produce the same exact sounds at the same exact time that she planned it, she just starts to crumble. Right, but it's it's not like an Obama thing where she just starts stuttering, right, or just being nonsensical. She I mean, literally doesn't know what to some, do. There's some physical, you know, something is happening there. So, and I mean. It truly is an incredible grind. Like to to keep to run for uh, the presidency. America's a big country. Yes. So you're. It's a lot of travel. Um, you know, I'm I'm not saying it. It's easy. I'm just saying, I definitely think there is some truth to um, something is wrong with her. She, do you think she might be a reptilian? <laughs> De- <laughs> demons and brain chips. There you go. Demons and brain chips. Because that would exp- that would explain the uh, apparent glitches. Well, didn't you put the story in there that uh, <laughs> that she would go to California once every three months on some like witches' right weekend? Yeah, at some uh, you know white witch church or some sort of no, not not a not a white witch church, just a you know, just a, a witches hang out <laughs> which is sabbatical just yeah. a, just a, just a theory it's, yeah that you know she's got to go on those when it, and it was like a white house or a, it was when clinton was governor i think sure. she would fly out to california once a month there do her or whatever in the world she's doing i mean do you think i mean at this point the way the american people feel about her even though the you know the real I mean, is something crazy going to happen? Because <laughs> you said you'd buy me lunch if Donald Trump doesn't do something to implode the entire Republican Party. And uh, <laughs> I, I don't feel like I'm going to be getting a free lunch anytime soon. Is that what's I mean, is something big going to happen? Because at this point, if she goes forward from this point and gets elected, okay, I don't really feel like the country's going to feel the same way they did in 2008. Remember in 2008, there's a lot of Oh, people- I, I 100% agree with you. Yeah. There was a lot of people that were just like really excited about Obama and there was a lot of people that weren't and Alex Jones, you know, put out an article saying all the horrible stuff he's going to do, including shutting down all the coal mines and all a bunch of crap he actually didn't do in in, in the long run. Um, but but I, I remember there's just like optimism. No, he did. He he's shut down a ton of coal coal powered power plants. It'd be interesting to go back and read that article that Alex Jones put out like the day after the election or whatever. Um, and see how many of those things he did do. Uh, it was, it'd be interesting to see if Guantanamo was in there. My point is, I'm getting kind of sidetracked here. There was a, like an overall feeling, and I remember even uh, family members that are close to me that may lean to the right uh, said things like, "Well, it is pretty amazing, you know, that we have uh, elected a, a black man to the presidency." Right. Like there was this like moment of like, like, okay, this is kind of cool. And everybody felt it, you know, to some degree. I don't, I really, I would like to claim that I didn't, but maybe even I did just a slight little bit, but hopefully not much. Um, <laughs> but do you think that anybody's going to have that at all for like, oh, and like, isn't it neat that well, there's I mean, a, it's a woman in there now? Yeah, but it's Hillary Clinton. Yeah, there's no, um, there's no like driving youth force you- the way there was for Obama. Um, yeah, every millennial it, it, I knew voted it, for Obama. Everyone like kind of our age uh, that supports Hillary, it is the hold your nose and vote for Hillary. Yeah, 
totally. It's like, like be practical, you know, we can't, or, or just total, just be scared of Trump. Um, you know, Hillary will, yeah, I know she's no Obama and maybe we'll get Michelle Obama in a few years, but, um, oh gosh, <laughs> I didn't even thought supposedly of that. she's going to run for Senate. So are you serious? Yeah. Supposedly. Wow. So that's, it's one of those, uh, rumored things and what it actually is is a pr company doing a trial balloon to say yep doing a trial let's so see they, how they would react say oh michelle people love you they want you to run for senate they're so excited so um yeah hillary clinton i mean okay first woman president but women out there if you even if you buy into the whole like Oh, you know, women versus men thing. Do you, out of the over 3 billion women on the planet, do you really want the first woman president of the United States to be Hillary Clinton? Because <laughs> there's about, there's however many billion women on the planet. And then, you know, it's, it's got to be an American. So that narrows it down. So, you know, close to 200 million women in America She's literally the the last one that should be president. <laughs> Anyone else? <laughs> and and that, that's a challenge out there. Send us email. Who would make a worse president than Hillary Clinton? Yeah. No, I was, I was saying something about this at work the other day. I was like, I, th- who, I can't remember which one, one of my coworkers it was, but I made a big point about it. I was like, hey, man. If you're willing to take the job, why not? I mean, I'll, uh, I'll vote for you. We'll put you in there. You know, I mean, it's, I think, I honestly think you'd do better than either of these two yahoos. And like, everybody is just some guy at the dealership, but everybody at the dealership's like, yeah, man, you'd be a great, you'd be a great president. We should do that. We should get, like, everybody was in full agreement. Like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Way better than this guy. Way better than either of them. And it's just some dude, right? He's got a lot of shortcomings. He's got a lot of, you know, he's a typical American person, but he, I mean, they, Everybody would prefer just a regular dude in there. Yep. Oh, than, yeah. than who's going in there now. Either <laughs> either side. Either side. Yeah. Which I mean, okay, let's I I think they should almost do a lottery for president. <laughs> well, yeah. Or or but I I'm saying you know, do like a a third party primary and then just kind of everybody like okay, whoever wins out of that will will vote with the understanding that uh, you know we're just proving a point to the <laughs> Democrats and Republicans, which yeah. which would be a good thing. Absolutely. But, or of course, he. I think Ron Paul is right in his old uh, what he always says when they ask if America needs a third party. He said, "I'm still waiting for a second party." Mm. So, <laughs> other than the war in Wall Street party, so no kidding, no kidding. Well, the uh, I got some feedback. I got some feedback from some uh, military guys that came in looking at cars the other day, and I got a chance to kind of pick their brain. They're recruiters, so yep, car car salesmen's talking to recruiters. There's a bunch of li- <laughs> a bunch of lying and backslapping going on. Nothing but lying and backslapping. But anyway, um, they had some interesting feedback for me. I was like, what's going on now? And uh, I said, you know, Navy was changing a lot during the time I was in. Is, is it different? And they, they, they proceeded to explain to me that the military is 100%, like just way different than it was five to not even five, probably 10 years ago. Uh, you get into trouble for alcohol, any alcohol-related offense, fight, uh, DUI, um, you know, reporting for uh, muster in the morning a little bit, you know, too intoxicated, you know, from the night before. Kicked out. Restriction, 45 days, kick you out of the military. That's it. That's what they're doing at this point. Wow. Which, which is interesting because you look back at the military and that has not been the history of the military, but that's at the point we're at now. And then I asked about what's going on with the women. Lots of women in the military these days. Mm-hmm. And they said, you know, that's the funny thing is they've opened up all of the combat roles to women. And they like literally are trying to get us to fill them as recruiters. So we're trying to get people to, 
you know, join, you know, as recruiters to go to those combat roles so that the U.S. can say, hey, we have this many women in combat roles and whatnot. And he's like, they don't want to do it. No kidding. <laughs> he's like, you can't get them to do it. They still want to continue to do it. So this is not sexist or anything. This is just fact. They tended to go towards medical field and uh, supply field. Because those are not necessarily not hardworking. They're very hardworking, but they're just not combat roles. And um, you still I, might get blown up, but you're yeah, yeah. You're 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 you know stocking the store. Rods are better. Yeah, you're stocking the store, or you're making sure ammunition is stocked up, or you're doing whatever, or you're helping others. But those two roles are still predominantly where women who join the military go and they have the recruiters now have this huge quota where they have to put all of them in like infantry spots, frontline battle spots, and they can't do it. He said, it's like, we have these impossible goals. He's mm-hmm. like, you got sales goals here, right? And I said, yeah. And he said, some of them impossible. Cause these are impossible, which I found to be interesting of note. That's what I'm reporting to, to you and the folks out there. But, uh, you pretty surprised, Andrew? You're shocked by this? Yeah, I mean, I mean, I'm just amazed at the success of the feminist movement that's now moved to the point of, yes, we can get killed in meaningless wars just like men. <laughs> and to the point where the military and the government is actively trying to get to accomplish right. that against the wills of, of the women who are joining. <laughs> well, there was a... Oh, what was her what was her name where they came out with the ridiculous story, you know, she's a big hero and then it was totally bogus and they had to, to backtrack off of it. It'll come to me. Go ahead. Um yeah. Anyway, she was at first it was like she was the female Rambo saving everyone and then it turned into she had gotten captured and other you know, her fellow soldiers rescued her and not the other way around. Right. Um, and enough of them were like, all right, enough with the bogus story. And she, you know, told what really happened in the story just quietly went away. But, uh, I mean, they're looking for that, uh, GI Jane character for sure. Oh, so they all keep coming to me. Is it Elizabeth Smart? That's the that's the girl that went missing here in the U.S., right? Yeah, I don't think it was her. I know, but I'm just saying that was like a person that went. I keep thinking of Piestawa, but Je- that's not Jessica not Lynch. Correct, Jessica Lynch. Yes, that's correct. Piestawa is, um, I believe, she was killed in action in the military, mm-hmm. and. Uh, down in Phoenix, they had a park that was, uh, you climb up this hill that they call a mountain, and it was called Squaw Peak. Hmm. And that was politically incorrect, of course. So they renamed it Piestawa Peak. And I, and she was of Native American heritage. So, you know, my argument was, why is naming the squaw any less, uh, any more politically correct? But anyway, that's what they did. I'm not sure I even get that, naming the Squaw, Squaw Peak. Well, because they're like, oh, we can't call it Squaw Peak, so we'll call it Piestawa Peak. What does Squaw Peak mean? What do you mean? Why is it politically incorrect to call it Squaw Peak? Because that's a a female Native American was a squaw. Oh. Okay, so it's like calling it Indian Peak or something? Yeah, but, you know, Squaw is sexist too so it's, it's even de- oh it's derogatory no it wasn't even derogatory but it it didn't used to be derogatory but with politically cor- correct language you turn everything into derogatory language like okay mexican is now a derogatory term when i say i met a black guy at work today that means i'm a racist <laughs> right well i mean the, they've done the same thing with different um, terms uh, that started out being just descriptive and then you can use a term derogatorily from kind of either perspective and then just claim oh it's derogatory you know well I mean yeah so I, I met a black guy at work today or which guy are you talking about oh the Chinese guy over there 
that's totally derogatory to the point where now it's like I met a guy at work today. It's like, was that the pronoun that he wishes to be referred to as? Are you sure he's gender binary? (laughs) (laughs) So we got three more quick stories. We should just go ahead and finish them out here. Yeah, this. Okay. So Delta. Yes. Let me read this. Which is a terrible... I don't know if we have any people that work for Delta out there. I don't like Delta. I had a Delta. I didn't, I'd never flown Delta until uh, recently I flew Delta to uh, Hawaii and back. Uh, obviously the cheapest one, which is why I picked it. I had not flown it before. Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> it's not good. No, it's, it's not, not good, good at all. I should have paid an extra 100 bucks and got on Alaska. But anyway. Well, if you have the opportunity... Pay whatever it takes and go on Singapore Airlines. Well, they they often aren't aren't flying to, well, maybe to Hawaii, but often not flying to where I'm going. Yeah. So Delta resumes flights with delays after worldwide outage. Tens of thousands of Delta passengers around the world were stranded Monday after power outage at its Atlanta headquarters caused by a global computer failure that halted all its flights. Um. Let's just stop with that sentence, okay? okay. A power outage. It doesn't make sense. I, I couldn't understand it. Failure. You're telling me that Delta doesn't have backup generators? I don't understand it. It's, it was weird. How? If if you go by the um, Google data center mm-hmm. in the Dalles, mm-hmm. you will see, and I think there's they're even stacked up, but dozens. Of giant diesel-powered generators. So, I, funny story, I live directly next to a diesel generator. If yeah. I walked out on my balcony, I could throw a rock and hit it. I live directly next to a fire station. That right. When we, we lose power... We've got, a, we've got a diesel generator at work. <laughs> when we lose power, the fire station starts up a diesel generator, and it's running. But... Delta. And Delta's got no... Uh, backup plan for power? I don't know. So either that's all there is and just Delta is run by in- total incompetence, which is possible, or they're not telling us the actual reason. I think that's the latter. Yeah. I, you know, my, I'm not... My, and who knows what it actually was, but... I don't know. That just seemed bogus. To My me. conspiracy theory brain immediately jumps to like they're pre-wiring it for controlled demolition. <laughs> like the entire I don't know. headquarters. I mean, I'm just, I don't, my, my my conspiracy theory brain. It's it's just something that uh, that I well, I'm referencing here. I'm not referencing actual thoughts. Or, well, I mean, maybe maybe some sort of system. I mean, Southwest had some sort of systems failure. Yeah, I think you're 100% right. They're not telling us what it is. A power outage caused everybody to be grounded. Yeah. So they... Let's see. How much... Maybe somebody downloaded Pokemon Go and it (laughs) got onto the the software, the autopilot there. And, I mean, a six-hour power outage is, is pretty long. That's a legit power outage. But even if you... um. Because I can see, okay, the the power goes out and your system to auto failover doesn't work. Okay, so you get someone in there and fix it, and it's maybe half an hour. I just, uh, you know, I don't know. I think that's that's crazy. Agreed. Much, much agreed. Um, did you know that according to the FBA, F, FBA, FDA, <laughs> frosted flakes are healthier than avocados? Um, this is the same FDA that uh... the FDA doesn't have a caveat that foods high in unsaturated fat like the kind found in avocados for example are better than foods that are low in saturated fat so turns out less fat in cornflakes frosted flakes makes them more healthy (laughs) Getting those whole grains in those frosted flakes. The funniest thing is, if you go on an all-fat diet, you will lose tons of weight. 
Because fat is an actual energy source that the human body has learned to use over mm -hmm. thousands and thousands of years to store up and then burn immediately when it needs it. But we, unfortunately, are using energy sources like grains and carbs, which we constantly have to refill up on and shoots our blood sugar through the roof and then back down again. Well, I've, I've gone on a pretty rich fat diet, uh, eating fat as often as possible and minimizing grains, and it works well. Yeah, I need to do something. You start doing that, and you'll actually lose weight. It's kind of funny. I'm uh, seek the fat. I'm I'm doing this this pregnancy sympathy weight gain. I think the the fat is seeking you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, let's end it. Let's let's uh, go ahead and wrap it up. Should we read this story, which is kind of funny? The irrelevant irrelevant face of CNN. <laughs> What's behind the empty <laughs> gravitas of Wolf Blitzer? Salon <laughs> uh, has so many bad stories, but okay. Is, is this a bad one too, you think? No, no. I mean, it, we don't have to read it, but I just thought you reading this story might be humorous for you know who the, the, the crew and us. The, the sports world equivalent of Wolf Blitzer is Jim Nance. Okay. That guy is ridiculous. But Jim, I feel bad for Jim. Here's the thing. Okay, we're going to get into this right now. There's always at least a two or three minute segment on all of our podcasts where we leave, I would guess, at least 25 to 50% of our people <laughs> in the dust. Yes. No idea what we're talking about. And then we go on about sports. But Jim Nance, you got to feel bad. Like, I can't help but feel bad for Jim Nance. For he is the only one who will not strangle Phil Sims in the booth. So he is consistently <laughs> paired up with Phil Sims. And then it's just like, you can hear him thinking, no, Phil, Phil you're Sims an idiot. Old, Phil Sims is the only one who won't strangle Jim Nance. <laughs> the guy, he gives... Whatever you the, say, third he, down and ten. And he, it looks like the, <laughs> He gives the Final Four MVP... His tie every year. As if some college kid that just won the national championship wants Jim Nance's tie. <laughs> I mean, of all this, like, self-important, narcissistic. And he, okay, he, he clearly plays golf. He's been doing golf broadcasts for, I don't know, 30 years. Still knows nothing. He just you you listen to him and you're like he said oh that was a shocking it's like have you ever played golf or watched people play golf before that was not shocking you know <laughs> oh Dan Deerdorf is gone I think we had another one we lost another one recently so it'll be interesting to see who they fill it with I'm telling you though man I I like uh, I like it's yeah, uh, well now I can't remember his name. Well, that's great. Great news. Uh, the Chargers quarterback. Uh, oh, Dan Fouts. Yeah, I like Dan Fouts. Dan Fouts is funny. You should have said former University of Oregon quarterback. There you go. I like Dan Fouts. I like uh, John Gruden, obviously. Uh, you know, those, guys, <laughs> those guys are awesome, but uh, yeah, there's some bad ones out there. I don't hate Joe Buck as much as, as many others do. Hmm. But uh, my, are you are you questioning me now? Uh, I probably do hate Joe Buck as much as, as everyone much, else, does. as much as he deserves. But but I I can kind of get that. Bob Costas really bothers me too. Oh, Bob Costas bothers me too. I actually turned to my wife the other day. I was like, "This leprechaun here. If the Olympics, <laughs> if it wasn't for the Olympics, this leprechaun would not be known by anyone." Yeah. <laughs> I, I like the hard-hitting question. I saw him getting interviewed. Mm -hmm. Are you the smartest man in broadcasting? <laughs> Hillary had a good one the other day. Somebody asked Hillary, uh, what is the most important conversation you've had with an African-American person? And she, yeah, I heard that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I've had so many. So I many. So, with my many black friends whose names I can't remember. <laughs> I get down with, but I can't. Black. I can't actually cite one example. There's just <laughs> I, I have many of black friends in my crew. What the it, heck? It was uh, 
it, it was reminiscent of the um, scene in Office Space where the guy sells out and uh, Mike Bolton, you know, like oh yeah, <laughs> like claims he likes Michael Bolton, and then um, when asked to name his favorite song, says. I celebrate the whole catalog. <laughs> I celebrate the whole catalog. Me too. I'm exactly the same way. So anyway, what's Michael? the most important conversation with an African American? I, I, all of them. <laughs> oh man, let me reminisce on all of the conversations, and I will have you know, I have many black friends. In I have hired several black people to yes. to attend my press conferences. <laughs> Sorry. All right. That was okay. a long rabbit trail, but we're back. Back to, back to Wolf Blitzer. Wolf Witzer. <laughs> what is Wolf Blitzer for? Which Wolf is kind of an awesome name. Yeah. But what like, is he for? I mean, it's right. just, what's a, what is a Wolf Blitzer for? Like, if I was to give you a Wolf Blitzer, what would you use it for? <laughs> sometimes. Would you, would, sometimes. You, <laughs> would you use it for, like, when you get home to, like, a. It nap? sounds like a weapon. <laughs> it does, but, like,. When you get home, you'd like to have Wolf Blitzer like standing over your dog. Like, Breaking news! Tim just entered the door, so my dog would be like, oh my gosh, here's Tim. Yeah, let's look at the Twitter feed. <laughs> Breaking news! You're Breaking at a gas. News on Twitter, and yeah. you have to go and get new gas to fill up your tank before you go to work. Yeah. Dang it. All right. Breaking news! <laughs> the window's open. Sorry. Sometimes it seems even CNN doesn't quite know the answer to that question. What is a Wolf Blitzer for? Yeah. Blitzer is supposedly its highest-ranked anchor, the ultimate face of the network in big moments. But if you've watched CNN on any of the primary or caucus nights during the 2016 campaign, the most important moments in the politics-saturated cable news calendar, you may have noticed that he actually doesn't do all that much. Blitzer has been given the role of a traffic cop on election nights. He puts his colorless monotone to use barking out uh, a series of phrases, Key race alert! Projection! Stand by! <laughs> Over and over and over again. He reads out vote counts. He walks over to John King at the Magic Wall. He throws to reporters in the field. And then he disappears. Presumably to be rewired or rebooted or whatever it is Wolf Blitzer does in his downtime. It is not difficult to see why CNN would want some more agile talents like Jake Tapper, Dana Bash, and Anderson Cooper doing the bulk of the heavy lifting on these occasions. Here's the kind of analysis Blitzer offered at one point this past Tuesday after confirming that Donald Trump had won every big, every primary being contested that night. In all capital letters, because Wolf only ever talks in capital letters. A clean sweep, winning all of them. A big, big deal for Donald Trump. Impressive wins. Jake and Dana, big, big win for Donald Trump. You can't deny that. No, you can't. Good point, Wolf. Of course... Blitzer doesn't just show up on election nights. He also uh, anchors for a staggering three hours a day on CNN between two different programs, Wolf and The Situation Room. What's the difference between Wolf and The Situation Room? I didn't even know there was a show called Wolf. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Let me get back to you. Blitzer's allowed to roam free, serving up endless interviews with politicians and covering whatever breaking news comes down the pike. He is frequently less than nimble doing the latter, as his instantly notorious effort to grapple with the death of Prince last week showed and his collision with more recent news trends such as Black Lives Matter has made him come unstuck more than once. As for the former, Blitzer outlined his approach to covering politics in a notorious 2012 essay called A Salute to Politicians that he posted to his official blog. Oh my gosh, Wolf has an official blog. (laughs) Here's an excerpt. I've seen them in action, and it's tough. They get up early in the morning and go to sleep late at night. They have to deliver the same stump speech over and over and over again. No, they don't. And then answer an endless amount of often annoying questions at town hall meetings, at diners, and from reporters such as me. I've covered politicians long enough to know they certainly like the power that comes with the elected office, but it's still a rough and tough proposition. You think it's easy going out there all the time and appealing for campaign cash? This deferential mush perhaps helps to explain why it's so difficult to recount a singular Blitzer moment or a standout interview. Blitzer touts his goal for reporting from 25 years ago, though his recollection mostly serves to highlight the instinctive hawkishness that's defined so much of his foreign policy output. His job is to keep the show on the road, not to do anything memorable. 
So again, what is Wolf Blitzer for? With each passing day, he feels more and more like the answer to a question from a different time. Uh, when the stentorian tones of a serious-looking white man were deemed to be both um, instantly reassuring and good enough to get by with. This isn't to say that white men don't still rule the roost on TV news. They certainly do, but it's telling that the younger crop of white men at CNN, like Tapper and Cooper, are at least gay. Oh, it doesn't say that. (laughs) Bring simply to the table besides a deep voice and a calm manner. At the very least, they possess personalities. Watching Blitzer, you feel like somebody, someone wrote Gravitas plus question mark on a piece of paper and then let that piece of paper occupy three hours of daily TV time. Breaking news. When we wrap <laughs> up this podcast, I'm going to need some cheesecake. Ooh, nice. Yeah. Breaking yeah. news. He is the one that I told, that I talked about uh, when I talked to, when I've numerous times no, like noted that Breaking news doesn't mean a thing on CNN. It's out of control no, now. Out of control, yeah. They're they're confusing breaking news and news. I mean, how much news are they talking about that's more than a day old anyway? Breaking news, buddy. <laughs> it's all breaking news, I guess. Breaking news. I need to do some laundry. A copy of this podcast, as well as links to each story covered, are available at revelationsradionews.com. To contact Andrew and Tim, or to support Revelations Radio News, please visit revelationsradionews.com and click on the Contact tab or Support tab. Please check out the other podcasts at revelationsradionetwork.com. And thank you for your support of this podcast. 